Welcome back to the Happiest Sad Person podcast. Um, it's been a minute. And I thought of a million different ways to come back to do something clever, an explanation, you know, preparation, I guess. So here's unprepared, even though I've thought about coming back and I've sort of done this re-intro podcast in my mind over the past, I can't believe it's been like seven, eight months, um, like a hundred times. And I wish I had that energy to record it because for some reason, when the, the green light is on, um, I just can't, my brain just shuts off and I go, Oh my God, now I'm performing if you will. Um, but I can have conversations in my head all day long, but I digress. So I'm back after a, another hiatus and I didn't expect it to be this long or plan it or anything like that. And I'm sure a lot of people do the same thing. No one kind of plans to take a long, long breaks. Um, but that's kind of my MO and that's sort of where I'm going to start today because this is kind of what every time I do the podcast, this episode, the coming back episode in my mind, this is where it would all come back to. And there's a reason why I'm so flighty and chaotic and uh, inconsistent, if you will. Um, And it was the whole reason why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place. And I don't think at the time I had the courage to do so or kind of the verbiage or was prepared. Because sometimes once you open a door, once you give information then, you know, it's, it's like, um, Pandora's box or Schrodinger's cat, if you will, you know, until I open the box, is the cat dead or alive? Nobody knows. But once it's opened, then you have the answer. Then you have how people receive you. Um, so yeah, let's rip the bandaid off. So my podcast is called the happiest sad person podcast for a reason. I was diagnosed bipolar two about God now three and a half, four years ago. So just before the pandemic, and I wanted to start the podcast to connect with people that also just felt like life was challenging. You know, I like to say that being bipolar too is like having an extra nine to five job, kind of 24 seven on top of your regular job and whatever else you do. It's, it's a burden, whether you like it or not, it's difficult and challenging and it impedes your life. It impedes me recording this podcast. It impedes me doing my day-to-day tasks. It impedes me being, um, you know, holding relationships. It It's a part of me, but also not a part of me. Um, you know, I don't know if this is where I got this, but I wrote that basically it's like, I don't know where my mental illness begins and my, or ends and where my personality begins. Um, And for me, that's really true. It's gives me some of the best things about me, but then also the worst things about me. And it's a bummer. And so if I was going to come back and obviously I'm recording this. And if you're hearing this or seeing this, I did. Um, 
I wanted to be honest. I've I've kind of really been burnt out with living this sort of half life. I've always watered myself down for most of my life. You know, it's been just be you, but less you. And eventually those pieces start to trickle away and you're not you at all. It's no longer even a version of you. It's something, it's morphed into something else. And so I've been trying to, over the past seven, eight months, uh, put those pieces back together with, I'm back in therapy. I'm um, just reading a lot about how your body holds trauma and attachment concepts. And um, I'm also pursuing the psychedelic route. If you guys want me to talk about that, I'm at the very beginning stages. Um, but yeah, this isn't, I can go more into my, how I was diagnosed uh, with bipolar and my struggles before then and that whole process, um, and kind of like my relationship with it later down the line, if that's something that vibes with people, but so much of who I am and I don't find my identity in it. Cause I, I, I just don't think that's healthy and I don't want to, um, so much of my behavior, so much of my life is connected to that. And if I do continue down this public route, um, that's going to be a part of my story, my life. It's also why I started the podcast. It's where the name comes from. It's, I wanted to connect with people and make people feel less lonely or, you know, have, um, you know, young girls, guys that didn't have, you know, I didn't have a role model through this. I didn't have people that I saw that were kind of functional and went through the same things as me. And I'm not saying I'm functional at all, but I'd like to be, and I'd like to be um, just an example of things are better on the other side. Are they going to be easy? Mm, No, probably not. But yeah, I remember... So I also, so when I was eight, I was diagnosed with pretty severe OCD. So I've always, something's always been up. Let's just go with that. Um, And again, we can go down that road. Um, And I remember thinking, this is going to be a problem for me. This is going to impede me holding on a job, being alive, connecting with people. From a young age, I knew even that, not even being diagnosed diagnosed with anything else. I was like, oh, this life is going to be a ride. and I didn't see anybody, you know, or did they never verbalized that they struggled with it or struggled with mental health things. So I had nothing to go off of. I just knew I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be homeless and destitute. And this is going to not make me a functional human being because I operated so differently from everybody else. And one of the first non-fiction books I read or essays was uh, David Sedaris book. And he talks about how he had severe OCD and he would touch his, um, I believe it was touch his nose to mailboxes or he also, I think did the light switches things. His essay was about um, OCD when he was a kid and just simply figuring out that he wrote a book I didn't even, when I was a kid, realize that like books meant like a job. I just thought books kind of appeared. So I didn't even correlate it yet with, oh, this person has a job and they're functioning. I just correlated with, oh, this person went through a thing I did, has a thing I have, 
and it did something. He created a, a book. I didn't even comprehend. I was still pretty young when I read the book. Um, that really writing was like a job. I don't, again, I don't know why I didn't connect that, but I was like, oh, I'm not alone. Bingo. And it's something as simple as a story, a book. And so I think that feeling is what I've been chasing for so long. It's like, oh, I connect to this person or this person struggled in the similar way to me. Because when you see somebody that does that and then they get through it, or at least to the next stage, you know, you never really shed these sort of aches and pains. And especially with mental health things, sometimes they never go away. Um, you go, okay, I'm not alone. There's hope for the future. And it's very simple. And I was like, I have a unique opportunity to help people, whether I can be a bad example or a good example. Sometimes just simply know you're not the only person going through something it makes a world of difference. Um, and that's where the name of the podcast came from. And that's where you know, my ambitions came from. Um, I also just wanted a place to vent. Um, and yeah, it, and I felt like the more I hid it, the more I hid myself, the more I divided myself, the, the podcast purpose and what I was trying to do became diluted. And I felt like I was always circling around what I wanted to say, but couldn't. Um, and it really wasn't that conscious, conscious, there we go, conscious that I was doing that, but I felt it and it didn't feel genuine. And I felt like I wasn't being myself. And for whatever reason, I'm just really over not being myself. It's dividing myself up, like I said, into these little pieces, digestible pieces for other people. It hasn't gotten me anywhere. It hasn't given me anything I've wanted. It hasn't done anything for me it's made everybody else comfortable except for me I've been extremely uncomfortable my whole life and anxious and on edge and feeling guilty and there's no that's no way to live I've realized I've been living in high level panic my whole life and it's affected me physically mentally emotionally spiritually you know all of the illies um and I think I just got burnt out. I think I've been burnt out for a long time, but I really just was, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. I'm done being somebody else for everybody else and losing myself along the way. So yeah. And I, I think a lot of that came from too. I'm, I'm at the final stretch of my book. I know I keep saying it, but I actually am. Um, and that also, I had to come to a reckoning that I was so afraid of upsetting people with what I wrote about and people thinking it was about them. And once I publish it, once people read it, I might lose people in my life. And, you know, it's, that's scary. Um, it changes things. And I've always been really afraid of change. And I just had to get over the fear of what if, what if, what if, what if these people don't talk to me or what if the relationship is different or will my family be upset with me or I just really 
was like, if I don't get over these feelings, the book will never get published. I will be my own worst enemy in self-sabotage. That's one of my skills. Um, and nothing will change. And I'll be in the same place two years from now, three years from now, still talking about doing the thing. You know, you never want to be the person in the bar talking about their, the glory days of high school or, oh, someday, you know, I will, or coulda, woulda, shoulda, that there's something so heartbreaking and embarrassing because usually the person that's talking about it believes it so sincerely. But, you know, if you've heard it for 10 years, you know, they're not going to do it. Um, I don't want to be that person. I have so many things I want to do. I have so, you know, I want to learn how to direct and, I'd love to have like a, a, a character role in things I would direct or, um, you know, I want to start businesses and, and, and be in the entertainment world. And I want to be functional as functional as I can be. And the more I let these fears of being myself get in the way, which is something I've done my whole life. And it's going, you know, I need to get over these feelings to be successful and it was like one one of one day was just clear as day for me. It was weird. It was like, you know, I'm I want to talk more about how one day I just woke up and it's like I need to change. It was the most bizarre feeling. It was like I haven't been participating in my life for years. And that's very sad. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm going to end the podcast. I usually end with quotes. Um Next week, I'm going to get out of my shell and potentially read a little excerpt from my book. But this week, I'm going to end with a few quotes that I found that kind of fit the the, the theme of becoming oneself on becoming um, the process of it. And yeah, those sorts of things. So I found, I don't know where this came from, but it doesn't have a name attached to it. Um, oh, it does. From Brianna Wiest. The healing is not the destruction. It is not the day you know it is finally time to uproot your life. It is not the moment you tell someone they are no longer welcome. It is not the hours you spend decluttering. It is not the minute you walk away. The healing is how you gradually allow your soul to drip into your days again. It is how you show up more fully now than th- that the debris is cleared and that the roads are unblocked and your life is once again renewed and refreshed and freed. It was never about whether or not you had the courage to light fire to what was. It was whether or not you were willing to plant a seed in its place and to grow what was always meant to be. I just thought that was a very nice way of describing the process because I always resonate with extremes. Shocking, I know, right? Maybe you picked up a theme throughout listening if you've listened so far. Um... So for me, the the daily stuff has been a challenge, just like the process, because I'm also extremely impatient. And here's another one that I've just found really uh, kind of kind of fitting. You are embarrassed about your blood, its redness, the way it is just coming out of you with no concern for anyone's feelings. You are embarrassed to be alive. And that's from In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado. And here's a uh, another one as well. I have always essentially been waiting, 
waiting to become something else, waiting to be that person I always thought I was on the verge of becoming, waiting for that life I thought I would have. In my head, I was always one step away. I don't know where that came from. And then here's, I think, the synopsis of why I took a break, why I wanted to make a change. I was like, I read this and it was like, ah, this is, I get angry when I read something so good that I didn't create because it's, it's, uh, I guess I, I'm proud to say it's jealousy. Like this is such good writing and it makes me want to step up and write better. Um, but it's from Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close by Jonathan Safran Foer. Sometimes I can hear my bones straining under the weight of all the lives I'm not living. And I realized I wasn't even living my own life. I had 80 million fantasy lives in my head, but my own life I was checked out of. So on that note, I appreciate you if you've come back to listen. If you're new, hi, hello. Um, I'm Alessandra. Uh, find me at the Happiest Sad Person Podcast on Instagram. Um, give a review if you like it, uh, wherever you find podca- podcasts. And yeah, email me at 11jacobsa at gmail.com if you'd like to um, give questions, concerns, commentary, um, more things you'd like to see. Um, Yeah, whatever, whatever kind of uh, inspires you to reach out to me. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for coming back.